you are listening to Single Moms on Film. I am Jen McGuire, writer and uh, retired breeder of four boys. And I am being joined by Stephanie Herrera. Hi, Stephanie. Hello, Jen. So excited to be doing this with you. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about our particular choice for what we're going to be covering. Oh, yeah. First, Stephanie, introduce yourself to introduce yourself singular to people. (laughs) Absolutely. Hello, everyone. So my name is Stephanie Herrera. I'm an actor writer just uh, from Toronto originally, just living outside. I too have uh, liked liked doing it. So I have four children with my husband, Um, not a single mom, so lucky in that uh, in that sense, raised by a single mother, though. Um, So I give her props every day. I can't believe uh, and to people like Jen, like unbelievable that you can raise children on your own. It's incredible. I can't do it. Um, And uh, yeah, so my my day job is uh, insurance. I was dragged kicking and screaming into insurance. I had the entertainment division at Marquee Insurance, division of uh, McCam Insurance. So I get to stay in my industry as well as actually make money. (laughs) That's the that's the key. You know, it's a heartbreaking thing to tell people younger people going into any kind of creative industry. But the reality is if you want to, and this is a, this is a sidebar to end mm. all sidebars, but if you want to go into something creative, you're going to have to do jobs. You don't love that much that are sort of creative adjacent, you know, Absolutely. and, and yeah. that is, that's okay. It's, it's, it, it's an expectation level and you just, you got to have a little gratitude. It's, yep. you know, I mean, I, uh, for a while there as a writer was writing, um, online dating profiles for oh, nice. mostly fellas. They were, they were my big clientele and it was 50 bucks a pop. And I was, Hey, I'd do it again. It was really Amazing. fun. I did not hate it. I have to say. So you just kind of do whatever you got to do to uh, make a buck, man. I mean, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love my clients and actually it's worked out great because sometimes I have clients that uh, I can help out with my connections in the industry and vice versa. Sometimes they've emailed me saying, Hey, we've got a project. I think we, you'd be perfect as an actor. Do you want to audition for it too? I'm like, sure. So it works both ways. Exactly. Exactly. Just a little gratitude goes a long way. So you and I were raised, I'm, I'm going to be presumptuous and say, in the eighties ish. Yeah. I call yeah. myself an eighties baby, but I was a kid. I was, I was running around having fun. <laughs> so, all of that aside, yes. we're talking today about, um, a TV show. I will probably end up going through a few different TV shows. Um, Oh, absolutely. That Stephanie chose. There was first of all, a heck of a thing to track down. I have to say. Yeah. I had to find a link. I had to just yeah, do a yeah. search for this one. Oh yeah. It was. So I watched it and I have, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I made, I made it through a couple of episodes and I was like, that's probably enough for my research. I, wow. I only did the pilot and I was like, oh, I'm did you? So con- yeah. I didn't even I was- get to the pilot. I did actually like, um, an episode in season two and an episode in season three. Okay. I did season uh, one. It says season one, disc one, episode I, one. I'm yeah. like, this is so, it does not hold yeah. up. So it's, and- it's called, yeah. So I should tell everybody what it's called. First. Yes, it's yep. called one day at a time, not mm-hmm. to be confused with the quite reboot. excellent uh Netflix reboot one day at a time that actually unfortunately I think was just canceled not long ago but I think they're thinking it's going to be on a on a different streaming uh streaming platform but the original one day at a time that mm-hmm. ran from 75 to 84 and it starred Bonnie Franklin as Anne a single mother of two girls who moves to Indianapolis and her girls are played by Valerie Bertinelli she plays she plays the wild child Barbara no it's the other way around 40 yeah she's the sporty one she's 40 so she's 40 spice and then there's 
Julie played by Mackenzie Phillips and she's the rebel. She's the wild child because you, yeah. you only get to have those two personalities Absolutely. as human beings and women in particular. And then the ever obnoxious Schneider yes, played by Pat Harrington, who is this, I guess, because he's wearing a tool belt and a denim vest, some sort <laughs> of super, yeah. who never is working. And it's just walking into their apartment uninvited yeah. all the time, all the time, just to give his advice and to boss everybody around. And uh, yeah, so so that was a, but you know what though, it, it is actually a great choice um, for doing some research into single moms on film, because this was considered one of the first quote unquote, realistic representations of a divorcee mm-hmm. on screen, on, on yeah. a sitcom, I should say. Um, before that, there was one single, mo- a divorcee portrayed on a regular sitcom and it was Vivian Vance when they redid it wasn't I Love Lucy but when it was uh when Lucille Ball did the Lucy show in the 70s okay actually a divorcee I'm not watching that just in case anybody asked me I'm not that you know I I think I actually might have seen some original episodes of that and it's it's fine but this was the first time that Mrs I think her last name's Romanelli on the show Mm. and Mm. she's considered uh you know a real true representation. Absolutely. And it was one of those things where, and I, when you asked me like, what were your first memories of yes. single moms in television? And I, it kind of comes back to like Alice. Do you remember that? Like, but I didn't know Alice oh. enough. Elle is the oh cook and the daughter Just comes. So that was, yeah. So, yes. Al- yes. I remember so, that. so Alice, occasionally the daughter would come visit the diner. So it was a working mom with a single, so that was my first image. And then I think Mary Hartman, wasn't she, didn't she have a, like, I just remember these things as a child going, yeah. I seem to remember my mom watching these. However, it was really one day at a time where it had this image. And in the opening sequence, if people hear the theme, all the seventies babies too, will probably go, I remember that. This oh, yeah. is it. This is it is the, is the song. And at the very beginning, you see the mother walk out of the house with her suitcases she looks back at the house and then she leaps for joy she's free (laughs) and that was so like amazing no one ever talked about i left my husband and i at that point it was the best thing i ever did for myself it was yes it was a great and i'm free and now i can start my life which is which was huge and that's the way it opens the show which is really interesting to me my thing was my dad left my mom for a girlfriend (laughs) so yeah so that to me was so bizarre how old were you how old were you stephanie i was only like about six months my my sister was yeah i was like around six months my sister was a, a little over a year so she was a little bit more affected at the, the fact she lost her dad. Um, but it was just sort of one of these, like he would visit once. He also went back to Mexico. <laughs> so that was like not even having a dad around, at least in wow. this show, they're talking about dad. Maybe we can ask dad for the money. And the, and, and the relationship I didn't really get, I don't know if you got it in the other episodes, this relationship that she has with her ex is she's kind of was like, don't bother him. Like he's got enough on his plate oh, or something. Yes, like I yes. didn't, it was interesting in the episode I watched, which it seemed like the pilot where she was like, don't bother your father. He's got enough. Like he, he can't take on this kind of thing. So I think yeah. it was almost like poor dad. Cause she left him. Oh, and I think that was intentional in the writing to a certain extent too, because I do think from what I remember, um, single moms, the, the ones, and I, I think you were probably similar to me because I was raised from the time I was, Oh, I think my mom was married. Oh, so my dad left before I was born. 
Mm. Um, and and I, did you have any siblings? I do. I have two younger siblings. So my mom oh. actually, my mom was a, like a super single mom because she was, she got pregnant for me. And I, I, which by the way, God, I hate that phrase. She got pregnant for me mysteriously. Nobody else was involved. It was the immaculate conception. Right. <laughs> she had me when she was just 20 and she married a man. I think I'm going to, I'm going to say in fairness to her, I think a lot of pressure, you know, mm. we lived in a small town and I think there was a lot of pressure to get married and sort of do right, uh, by herself, um, mm. a year after I was born. And then she had my two little brothers who were three and four years younger than me. And she was on her own again with us when mm. my youngest was about, my youngest brother was about, I think eight or nine months old. Wow. And it was really, I don't really remember much of that um, marriage. I was really quite little. Uh, it seemed like kind of a blip <laughs> to me. I, I'm sure it wasn't to her, but you know, but I remember mm. seeing this picture and it makes me, when you, when you talk about the opening sequence, this picture of my mom, who was just this gorgeous, gorgeous thing. And she's wearing one of those scarves in her hair that they did, you know, so much mm-hmm. in the seventies that they would, and she's sitting in my grandparents' living room with, she's from a really big family. There's eight siblings total. And wow. there's a couple of her sisters there and she's got her feet up on a table and it's the day after she's left. And <laughs> my God, she looks happy. Wow. He's got, she's laughing and she's happy. And she said, like, she remembers you know, it was sure it was tough, but it was vastly preferable Mm -hmm. initially to not have that pressure. And we lived with my grandparents, um, which made things a little easier. So I was, you know, as much as I was a kid at a single mother household, I, you know, it was a constant, you had support, which is amazing, which is great. And you know what, that's so interesting in the terms of, of uh, leaving the children so young, like my mom would have stuck through it. I'm sure forever. Cause she, she, that was kind of a surprise to him, to her that he was just, he took off. Um, However, it's that kind of concept that, that we have over and over again. Even my, my husband, when his parents came, I was dating him and they said, we're getting a divorce. And they're like, finally, like it was one of these things where people stay together for the children and it's oh, just yeah. a horrible situation. So for your mom to be back then to go, you know what, this isn't working. No. I'm just going to, it's amazing. Like kudos to anyone who can just go, oh, you know sure. what, not happening. Oh, it's, you know, it's it's about the kids. Absolutely. Like I, yeah. I do, you know, know people in, in my life, certainly who, um, you know, I think we all do who feel the need to stay for the kids. And that's, that's a choice you can make. And, you know, and the other thing is, of course, we know with relationships, there's an up and down, up and down, up and down. So sometimes, Oh yeah. You, know, yeah. you might be thinking you're staying for the kids. And then it turns out, it's like, Oh no, I actually did want to stay. Like I, you're, you're kind of great. I like you again and, and whatever. But um, no, for my mom, I think, uh, you know, because she was a single mom, I wonder if you did the same thing I did where I sort of sought out, like if I, if there was a single mom on TV, I paid hyper attention to that because it was more like my own family. Uh, you know what? And the thing is that, and we were talking about this very briefly when we, when we first spoke, it was, I just didn't see my mother in anybody in, yeah. on television. I was, I was, uh, to me, it wasn't unique to see a single mom because I was being raised by a single mom. So sure. that wasn't it. I was more fascinated with like the Cosby show and any, and, and the Seaver household and like all of the families yeah. that had the parents oh, and family so ties. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted two parents. Like that was the one that I was hyper aware about how much they loved each other and everything that I didn't 
didn't get to see. So I was more obsessed with the the perfect family um, yeah. versus the single mom. I'm like, yeah, that's it. And also like watching this mother, um, as well as like all of the these other moms in television in general, like the bad moms of today and all those kind of things, they're just too hot. They're skinny. Oh my these God, these yeah. are women that don't even look like them. To me, my mother was Roseanne. And I love that show because that was the most the most relatable show to me. Sar- sar- sarcastic overweight, messy house, exhausted because she worked all day, yeah. even though she was married to husband. That was like, that was my world was yeah. just a shitty I, house. I definitely <laughs> could see that too. Like my mom, again, my mom was actually really gorgeous, but I lived in more of a Roseanne. I feel, I actually feel guilty saying it. I feel like my family would listen and say, Jennifer, no, we didn't. We 100% did. Like it was always, you know, tough love. And if you came in with a complaint, you were going to be part of a skit that they all had going on you know that like I remember once when I was a kid you know going into the room or whatever and asking and saying like there's a monkey this is so dumb but there's a monkey for sale at the mall like can I have my birthday and everybody was like oh yeah that's gonna happen sure sure well I didn't know sarcasm I was eight so I was like oh my god I'm definitely getting that monkey for my birthday he's gonna wear a top hat and a diaper that's gonna be my best friend my birthday comes and I think I got a cabbage patch kit or something. And I was like, where's the monkey? They're like, and that, so there was that sort of like, they thought they were on a sitcom. They thought they were Roseanne, I think. Like, yeah, we're sort of part of this like wise cracking group of people. So I did really relate to that kind of show. Um, mm-hmm. where very imperfect, but there's, but you always know you're loved. I mean, that was the big the big thing, it's like, you know, everybody's kind of rolling their eyes and frustrated, but like, you know, they love you. Like, they're not going to ever tell you. Absolutely. That's, that's lame. But yeah. <laughs> you know. so I, yeah, watching the one day at a time in that first episode, she has this, and I don't know, but he's a boyfriend. He's obviously interested in her, David, who comes in and he's yes. kind of like, who brings groceries and stuff. So David comes in and he says something to her, slaps her on the butt. And then of course, Schneider, as you mentioned, it, it, well, I remember him as very endearing and sweet and, oh, wouldn't that be great? Cause he, he would be like a father figure, like how great yeah. would it have been to be a Schneider, but it's so creepy. Exactly how you said he literally has a key to her apartment and just walks in and he's always saying to her. And in the episode I saw, he was like, you know, if you need me, just knock on the radiator three times and I'll be right up. Like he's no, literally, no one needs so you, Schneider. Creepy. Oh, oh. Yeah. It's such a creepy thing. So I'm watching this woman who is desired by two men um, who's obviously she's still skinny and fit. And I don't think that actress had children. uh, I'm going to be mean and say that there's no way. Um, But to see that kind of thing and to see a woman and and in things like bad moms and and in in all of these films where it's all about falling in love, like that woman had the single mom or the single dad has that perfect child and they're finding love. And for me, I grew up and my mom never dated. Like I kind of remember a boyfriend once and she never dated because she was terrified we would get molested. And she completely put her life on hold. So for me to watch all these people falling in love and it's all about finding these new dads and everything's going to be great. I'm like, what's that like? Yeah. (laughs) I never saw that in my life. Oh no, actually, you know, your mom and I have a little in common because uh, (laughs) I was really weird. Like not weird. I was really scared of that. Like I watched some Oprah episode when I think my oldest, so I had my oldest when I was 21 Mm -hmm. and I was, I think Oprah was, Steve's was 94 and uh don't do the math no one do the math um (laughs) that was a big that was a big giveaway um but I was watching an Oprah episode and it was one of those he was in early days Oprah 
maybe it was a rerun where she had child molesters on the show and she was talking to them about, you know, like, I mean, you know, they had their faces blacked out or whatever and uh, about how they found, I don't know how they found kids. And most of them said single moms Yeah, and yeah. that scared the hell out of me. And I remember even when I was on my own and I, you know, I lived because I have so many, like the four boys, um, because I lived in a small town, I was always sort of watchful and not, not just because mm. I was in a small town or anything, but because, you know, I just was always so afraid to like really let anybody in to the point where like mm-hmm. one of my sons had drum lessons and they were in a basement and I used to like, like leap in. I twice, I leapt in unexpected. Hey, you guys want some Timbits? I brought you some snacks. Like I was trying to like make sure, you know, that yeah. And finally my son who was about 12 at the time said, mom, you, what do you think is happening? Like nothing <laughs> is happening. He's just teaching me drums who seem insane, but yeah. I, you're just afraid of what's going to happen. So oh, because you hear the stories oh, and yeah. as a mother, that's, that's your first instinct. I have to protect my children. Oh, the first time my daughter slept over, I'm like, you know, in my head, I don't want to, I'm like, so are, are, is the dad going to be sleeping there too? That's right. <laughs> Can he get a hotel house. for the night? <laughs> Tell him to get a hotel for the night and you guys should have exactly. So every parent has had that because you oh, hear yeah. the stories and I've heard horrible stories of people. Yeah, there's a comedian that's in Toronto. He was raped by his piano teacher. Like that's part of his act. It was just like, are you kidding? Oh, so of wow. course you're going to have these horrible. Well, and I think because we were sending raised, my kid off the camp. <laughs> we were raised in like, or I was raised anyways. Um, and if you were around in the 80s, you certainly were too. Stranger danger. Yeah. That became huge. a huge thing. Huge thing. We talked about it all the time. Like I, you know, I remember having like a little hat with my name on it. And my mom was like, take that off. They'll trick you. The strangers will trick you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like they could, my name's Jennifer. Like everybody's name's Jennifer. They could probably just, (laughs) they'd just be, they could just stand in the park and say, Hey, Jennifer. And like 10 children would come. We'll turn around. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it was, it was an interesting thing. So that also was very foreign to me watching the show, watching a lot of movies about this whole thing. I just need to find my man. I'm like, really? You need to raise your kids. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like I did actually, I have to say, I didn't hate everything about the mom's portrayal. I actually Mm -hmm. thought some of it was for the time, you know, you have to sort of correct for the time, I think. Oh yeah. But I think she at least seemed relatively happy. Um, Mm -hmm. She did date. Now, anytime a man came around, you know, like I swear her pupils dilated and she was losing her, you know, she was losing her mind. She was just like, I I watched one episode. Oh God, this one's a killer. She was turning 36. Oh God. And she was having a midlife crisis. I almost threw a rock through my television. I was like, I'm sorry. You were 36. And everybody's giving oh. her a hard time. Also, her children look like they were in their 30s as well. <laughs> so I would really like someone to do the math on that one for me because I'm like, those children are adults, yeah. like in their 20s. Mm-hmm. What happened? But um, she's having a bit of a midlife crisis. And then she meets this plastic surgeon uh, mm. for her work, which I'm a little confused about what her work was. I yeah, thought maybe I, she was I, with them. I'm not sure. Um but she's meeting with him and she turns all the lights out so he doesn't see her face and see how disgustingly old she is at, at 36. 36. 36. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, and then he shows an ounce of kindness to her and she's immediately ready to date him and ready to mm -hmm. like change her life. And I do think, I mean, again, I feel bad for my mom, but my mom was a bit like that, actually. Mm -hmm. There was an element of, you know, you've got to make it right. You've got to, I don't remember her ever not having a boyfriend my mm -hmm. whole childhood. Like that was wow. just the way it was, you know, like she always had a boyfriend and, you know, even when I, because I didn't really, like when I was raising my kids, I was, I was on my own a lot. And I do remember her saying once, you know, like, I don't know, maybe it was different. Like <laughs> men really sought me out. Mm. So maybe that's the difference. And I'm like, yeah, that, that hurt. <laughs> that that's was, not nice. That was, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> but oh um, it just wasn't, you know, it, maybe because I was raised where there were, nice enough guys like nothing ever happened or anything like that I think they were nice people but I didn't want that I was quite scared of that uh when yeah. I was raising the kids so you know so yeah absolutely yeah and so, I, I mean I also just love the fact of the show it was nice to watch the young Valerie Bertinelli as as people all remember her I mean she was ahead of her time this was you know she was doing movie of the weeks before they were cool because I yes. do them and they're great money and everyone does them and there was there's like 40 at any one time being filmed in Ottawa, and Montreal. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things, but she, she became famous for, she was the first actress to go screw it. I want a paycheck, a regular paycheck. And she was oh, doing yeah. great And she's the one who's still kind of working and, you know, kind of doing her thing. I mean, she did yeah. show hot and hot in Cleveland. I oh, think. hot in Cleveland. Yeah. 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 yeah so she, a couple episodes. That was pretty funny. Yeah. It was very cute. Oh. It was. Yeah. And also the other, the other mom that the only other mom that kind of came up around that era that I thought of that kind of came to mind first of and foremost was um, Angela and who's the boss, that whole concept of having this single mom who is uber successful, the shoulder pads, the hair, and she's so successful and busy that she has to hire a Manny. Yeah. <laughs> and it, with another young Alyssa Milano as the daughter from the from the Bronx or wherever and and getting introduced to this but having that male nanny in a house and having a mother that was so successful um in her career as a single yeah. mom blew my mind what do you mean oh, yeah. a woman has a is making enough money to hire a man to work for wow. her like that was so strange to me I, yeah and I have to say that was yeah, what did she do too? Like they always have these successful jobs. So what are they actually doing? Some corporate something. I don't know. Like, I don't think it was house. real estate. I don't know what it was. It was something that she made lots of money and she obviously dated, but it was one of those things that I identified with the Alyssa Milano character of this kind of rough kid from the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Introduced to something. I'm like, that would be me. That would be me walking around going, what is this world oh, yeah. of money? Because this, yeah, we were always, we were, we were poor. We weren't po, but we were poor. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. We were, we, we never had any money when I was a kid, of, you know, and my mom worked. I mean, she always worked, but, mm -hmm. you know, that's just our family. We, I don't yeah. think we ever had any money. And so that was a, uh, no, Angela definitely, oh, I'll have to do that one as well. Yeah, ch check out that one. But it, uh, so I appreciated uh, with one day at a time, it, the scene that I saw, she came home with the groceries and she's just going, oh my God, $26. And there's barely anything here. And she's like the kids and then David walks in with other groceries and they're like, oh my God, we get to eat something out of, not that's out of a can. And they were just so thrilled about the fact. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's realistic when you, yeah. and she was also at that time, she was still looking for a job. She was kind of dressed up. Cause she was like, I was looking for a job today, guys. And just, you know, give me a break. She was tired. 
She was, why oh, did yeah. you guys clean the apartment? And it was one of those things where it was sort of that, that whole essence of, you know, got to do something, got to, you know, oh, yeah. pitch in oh, sure. here, which I did yeah. a lot. I was actually, always, I think, I think David, so I think the David character, I think he was her divorce lawyer. Oh, that's, that's where he comes in. Ah. And then he ends up leaving at the end of the first season because okay. he wants kids and she doesn't. Mm. So that's sort of, I, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who's going to seek out the show. <laughs> I mean, definitely, I think it's worth, especially because it's a, it's a moment in history. It's a very pivotal moment in history where mm. the women's rights movement was really, you know, this would be, like I said, 75. So yeah. it was really changing things it took mm -hmm. a long time and it was really starting to change things and it was actually the show was written i, I wrote it down the show was written by um in part by whitney blake and yeah. it's actually based on her own life oh and i didn't know that whitney blake you know do you remember meredith baxter from yeah. um family ties yeah yeah that's her mother no mother. so it was actually based on her own life because whitney blake was a single mom with three kids i had no idea and so she this was vaguely autobiographical um <laughs> this this show so i do think the elements that are a little that feel quite real i mean i was i was reading a little bit about whitney blake and Meredith Baxter wrote about her in her own biography her own mm. autobiography and said like they had a very um, unconventional upbringing. Her mom was always working two and three jobs and then trying to take acting classes and trying to get it together when she was like 26. And she did, she did make it like she did, you know, figure herself out. And I mean, that show ran for one day at a time ran for nine seasons. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that really gives a great perspective and how ahead of the time of the time was it to have something that was so progressive yeah. at that time when women, you know, it, and there was a lot of, and that's another reason women stayed is because of the, of the backlash that you get with society in general. My mom, oh, yeah. oh my God, I could tell stories about this one time we went to the, something about my, my sister was bullied a lot in school. So for some reason we were at the library instead of school, my mom said, forget it, she took us to the library. And then she, my, my sister got some books and went up to um, check them out or get it, start getting a library card. Yeah. And when my mom came up, the woman was asking, I was like, why aren't these children in school? and all these ridiculous questions. And she was just like, could you just give us library cards? And then, you know, pulled out ID and she looked at it and she said, why do your children have a different last name than you do? And oh, yeah. my mother at the top of her lungs started, because I am an unwed mother. I had these children. Oh. These are my bastard children. She started, my bastard <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, no. let's go, let's go. And I'm like, try to drag her. <laughs> just, oh. I don't even want these fucking books anymore. Like, no, exactly. Mortified, but she's just like, no, like I'm tired of people oh, looking yeah. at me funny because I'm raising children by myself. I have and to say, I wish that had ch has changed, but I certainly had, uh, Oh, really to this day. Wow. Yeah. I, I had, I remember it was, there's been a couple. Um, but one of them was, uh, I was getting these ornaments made like our family ornaments and, mm -hmm. um, it was me. So I was so dumb, but like a chick, you know, a Christmas tree ornament or whatever. And so it was like yeah. me, like the mom, like the Mrs. Claus and like the little elves, like the four little elves. And so I right. said, it was Jen, and then I named my kids and, the woman said like mid making them, well, are you on your own with all the, all of those children? And I was like, yeah, like, can I just pay you for the ornament? Like, what difference does that make to you? What do you care? And are you really bothered by this in the 21st century? Is that actually possible? And wow. the answer is yes. 
<laughs> and like, it was almost for me, my experience has been, it's almost like if you're a single mother with one really cute little girl, that's fine. Mm-hmm. All those boys, no, too much, too much. Wow. But you know, you, you sort of, I, you kind of just deal with it. You know, you just, the kids were good. You know, they, I think I ended up sort of putting some of that stuff on them. I think sometimes I had to be a bit careful of that because I didn't want them. I remember once I, I was sort of mad at them for misbehaving in a grocery store because I didn't mm-hmm. like the way it looked to other people. But the reality is all kids misbehave in a grocery store. Grocery mm-hmm. stores suck. They're boring and they're not going to get the snacks they want and married, unmarried, whatever. Doesn't matter. The kids are going to be bad in grocery stores. My advice is never take your kid to a grocery store. It is. Yeah. Or my, yeah. My mom gave me some advice. She said, always be prepared to leave. Like yes. never go when you need to, to load up. You have just those few uh, items. Yeah. And then if your kid starts misbehaving, walk away, leave exactly. your stuff in the cart, walk away. And, and I never had to do that because, well, I, I mean, and I started doing that. I just would go for like really quick trips and got the kids kind of accustomed to it. But yeah. I would be, I remember one time, um, and I've said this to the kid, I've never, I had so well behaved children in public because this one time, I think one of them started acting up. I, they must've been really young, just grabbed the shirt, pulled the kid toward me and said, don't fucking embarrass me. Oh my God. (laughs) And so to the point that my children, I would have four and they would just be, you know, tearing up the house and fighting. And I'm like, get in the car. We're going grocery shopping. And they would all like hold the cart and walk and help. And everyone would come over and oh my God, your children are so wonderful. I'm like, yeah, we'll wait till they're in the car. They're going to start hitting each other. (laughs) Oh, I I wish I'd done that because you can deal with it differently in private. You know, Mm -hmm. I always really feel for a parent when their kids like being a brat in public and they just they want to deal with it however they're going to deal with it like not mm-hmm. physical anything but like mm-hmm. give them a lecture you know like i get it but then they they're sort of their hands are a bit tied because they're in public and the kid kind of knows and everybody's giving oh, yeah. them a dirty look and the best thing you can do is just give sympathy face to somebody and keep walking leave them yeah. alone and just like uh, truly i think uh, there was a comedian that said that some kid was acting like the mother was trying to deal with the kid and she walked up to the kid and she's like knock it off your mother's a goddamn angel <laughs> and exactly. was like thank you and the kid was like like just taken aback because somebody came over and defended the mother oh, yeah. and it's just it this is all on you kid and again because usually when we see a mother or an independent parent disciplining a kid and i did that too before children a guy was yelling at his kid in a parking lot and for all i know she could have been jump running out into traffic and he just like freaked out but he was yelling and I kind of walked by, I was like, Hey, that's a person. He's like, stay out of it kind of thing. Yeah, and now exactly. as a, ch- now as a parent, I'm like, Oh, she probably was. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I have more sympathy now that I have children for the parents of the world. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like I was really just let them know. And, and again, my mom is one of these people. She doesn't care what anyone thinks of them of like the opinion of her. And she's always tried to instill that, like, don't do things for other people's uh, you know, uh, uh, approval or yes, whatnot. Absolutely. However, I come from watching her and that attitude got a lot of people. My friends were terrified of her. The house was messy. It was one of these things where I looked, I'm like, I'm not running my life. So I kind of did the absolute opposite. It's like yes. the Alex P. Keaton. My parents did one way. Yes. I'm going to go the other way. Yes, so yes. I, I did that where I said to my kids, you need to be concerned what people think of you. And I ain't going to be like, we're not doing this. And they really grew up uh, being a little bit more concerned about uh, you know, uh, hurting other people's feelings or oh, no, you know, I, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things. So I did it 
sort of a rough. And I always said to my kids at the end of the day, when I'd apologize for getting mad or doing anything, I'm like, I will pay for your therapy. <laughs> like, that's exactly. my promise exactly. to you. To Let me, I, I, I'm not doing a great job, but I'm trying my best and <laughs> I will pay for your therapy. And they're always like, okay, mom, it's okay. <laughs> oh, and that's the, see, you just hit the nail on the head. So my, my mom was definitely, she had a massive chip on her shoulder being a single mom of three kids like mm-hmm. that was her identity in a in a way where it was like almost like chin up you know like what what are you going to say to me what what so like mm-hmm. even when we did act up at school she was like oh what because I'm a single mom and I was like well no I actually just like skipped school and I think they're mad about that like I don't actually think it's about you being a single mom I think I, I was just mm-hmm. kind of an asshole and they were like your kid's not supposed to be an asshole at school, Mm. but there was this, this whole, so I know what you mean because I do, I didn't want to put that on my kids. I didn't want them to think that they, you know, that we were being, even though sometimes you do get treated a little bit differently, but so what everybody gets treated differently sometimes for lots of different things. Exactly. For Exactly. And so my mom was very, she was very tough and very, very tough actually. And very, and kind of frightening and never, ever apologized to this day. I don't think she's, because that just wasn't done. Like, I don't know, but I know within my own friend group, you know, as we all sort of grew up together, you know, parents don't apologize. That's just not what they do. No, it's true. And she never also, the other thing she never did, and I realized this way later in life, like a couple of years ago, she never told me she's proud of me. And I kind of said um, that, you know, it just occurred to me. And she goes, well, I wanted to raise children that were proud of themselves. <laughs> like she really, yes, I, I mean, mind, sure. okay. Like, and I'm like, okay, that's it. But you know, everyone wants to hear it, mom. And she's starting to kind of come around, but you're right. I never got an apology. And I always made that point that at the end, if it was a bad day, I would sit and say goodnight yeah. to the kids and apologize. And my daughter was so sweet. I remember that she was probably like four or five or whatever. And, and I had four, my four are really close together. Yeah. So I had a house full of diapers and babies and stuff. And, sure. and I kind of sat and I was telling her, I'm so I'm sorry, sweetie. And she goes, no, we were terrible mummy. <laughs> I was oh like, my I'm, God. The grown up. I'm the grown up, honey. I should, you know, I have better control over my emotions and stuff. And I was always, I really wanted to make that very clear to them that this, this isn't okay. And I should have better. And I just wanted to make it. So the next day, cause I was a kid, it was, it was amazing to me that she could, yeah, there's no apology, no, nothing from her side. So no, you're right. They didn't, I, I don't know any. I think, I think it's a a really beautiful thing. Uh, I, the thing that I've noticed with my kids is, you know, it was a real epiphany when I was apologizing to my oldest for one of my many trends. I don't know. I'm sure if you called him right now, he'd be able to pinpoint it because their, their, their memory for my mistakes is amazing. Um, yes, yes. That being said, I was just, I was just being a bitch. I don't know what it was about. I was just being a bitch. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I think I sent him to his room for, for nothing. I was just mad and tired and frustrated and it doesn't matter. And, it, and you do get a lot of sympathy, which isn't always the best thing for when you're a single mom of four kids, they have to hear all the time how people feel so bad for you. And it's like, that's fun for them. Like they're just walking around. Everybody's like, oh my God, your poor mother. Oh, and no. I think, well, I don't know that they always need to hear that. And I don't know that it was necessarily, it was good for me to hear that either. Mm. I think being positive and being like, we had a great, we had a great time. Like where they're the, they're the best guys. You know, I just love them to bits, of course. But anyway, so I was apologizing to my son and I said, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I, I yelled at you and there was no reason for it. And the way they instantly want to forgive you is oh. maybe one of the most beautiful things about humanity to me, mm. the way they just, it's in them that they, all they want to do is love you. 
And all they want to do is forgive you if you do anything wrong. And it is, it almost brings a tear to my eye thinking about it, how much they want to just, if you say, I'm really sorry, it's instant. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay, mommy. It's okay. And like Callum even said, I think you had a bad day at work. Yeah. And he was, I think, seven. Yeah. So that's kind of beautiful. Or that whole thing when they're like, you're the best mommy in the world. And I'm always like, oh, honey, no, I'm not. Oh, really? (laughs) You think so. But they always say that you're the best. And I'm like, that's so adorable. And and every child says that to their, or some, if you have four, you're going to get one. (laughs) Somebody's going to tell you you're the best mommy in the world. It's, it's the the most, that love is unbelievable that which is, which is incredible. And I think it's also, you know, speaks volumes to how my husband and I both really agreed on this one thing that we're not going to make our children, our best friends. There were so many people that were so particularly single moms and single dads. Mm -hmm. They really wanted to make sure that their relationship was really strong. So they figured let's be friends first. And they had a lot of issues where we're now my teenager is um, she's 16. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to go. She's like, I'll I'll hang out with you. And I'm like, really? And we come and we are laughing and we're have the same sense of humor. And I'm like, I really like you. She goes, I really like you too, mom. Like you're so great. And I'm like, this is the moment moment that I wanted to get to. And I think a lot of people lose that particularly single parents because they just want to keep peace in the house and they want to keep everything, you know, great. And that's another reason I like Roseanne. It's like, shut up. (laughs) It's like, if you don't like it, leave. And that's the kind of stuff my mom would always say to me too. You you go live with your dad. That was a big threat. Like a a real, a real rain on things. Like that was one of my big things. I was always afraid that I would take them. You know, I saw it all the time. And, but I also, for whatever, I just was lucky enough to have a little bit of presence of mind to realize that like, I needed to actually pay attention and like, enjoy them mm, at every, like yes, different yes. things about them at every stage. So like, yes. for instance, as broke as we always were, I mean, my God, we went without cars and it was just, you know, it, it was a lot. Um, it didn't matter every year I scraped money together and we always rented a cottage at the beach. Oh, that's so and nice. That has always been their thing where they said like, no one fights at the beach. That's the, that's our thing. No one ever fights at the beach we get there for the week. And that was like our little timeout, you know, mm-hmm. and we had our, our things and we always had good Christmases and stuff like that, like broke Christmases, but fun. Yeah. And, but I didn't really get to the friend part until they were quote unquote done ish raising. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not your friend. Like, you know, I remember my, my one son said to me once he got in trouble at school and I was, because I was so worried that, you know, the tide would take them and that things would change. I was coming down hard on him. And he said, you know, I told my teacher, you're the only person I'm afraid of. And I said, good. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. That was a compliment, honey. I don't feel bad about that. And then as he got to be older, then we can be friends. But in the beginning, when you're still being formed, we're not friends. I have yeah. my own friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I've already got other people who are my friends and I like yeah. them just fine. So yeah, I got friends that pick up the check occasionally guys. So I don't, one day at a time, I don't think she really had friends. Mm, that's a it good question. Very male heavy, actually. Like, so I was yeah. really doing some research. Cause like I said, I watched two episodes. That was enough for me. So I just did some research into episodes and it's very romance heavy yes very romance heavy with her daughters and herself mm-hmm. um but it, she doesn't have a lot of girlfriends it's always schneider coming in to mansplain everything and there's a lot of 
there's a lot of white knighting that goes on on that show, you know, yes. like a lot of guys just coming in and they're buying the more expensive groceries and they're mm -hmm. like helping out with things. And as much as it was quite, I still think it was surprisingly progressive mm -hmm. for the time. And I think it was an important step on the way to actually normalizing raising your kids on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was still in the seventies and yeah. they still wanted her I guess the producers actually, they, they had this sort of rule where they would keep a love interest maximum one season. And then he had to get the hell out because they yeah. were like, she can never get married because then the show is over because yeah. then she sort of made it to the big leagues. Right. right. That's that's, she's at the next stage. And that was, yeah. that's uh, I think on some level, it started out a little bit being the goal of the show to find her a husband, mm -hmm. but then it did actually stray from that like I think the oh, oldest okay. the oldest daughter Mackenzie Phillips eventually got married and she left the show fairly early because she had some some substance abuse issues in right, her life right. and whatever but Valerie Bertinelli I think actually became a single mother herself on the show her character oh, nice what's her character's name again uh, Barbara 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 such a weird I was just gonna say she is a beautiful young woman named Barbara is, uh, um, you don't get much more 70s than that no so, not at all no so it was a good show I mean in for its time I yes. you know problematic and really it's just that friggin' Schneider man like he really bugs me <laughs> it's true like yeah and I thought he was so sweet and endearing because he was that father figure I never had that would just come in and and at, to the point yeah it, it's just the girls could take off that one scene when David was trying to do something she, and, and Barbara was like, let's just go to the movies and just pull and they just leave. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that you can just take off with these guys as well as a young child and stuff like that. Yeah. But that kind of stuff would never, I, I just, no, no, no. But the one thing I have to say, Anne is very positive mm -hmm. uh, to an extent. Um, she actually, there was this really pivotal moment when she was, when she was turning middle-aged 36, mm -hmm. when she was heartbroken over being elderly. <laughs> At right, 36. Right. I don't know if you can tell that really makes me mad. Um, yeah. so but she's having this weird uh, monologue, <laughs> really. Uh, she had a real one woman show going, and it was not the best. <laughs> like, oh I wouldn't, I think, if you ever want to just like know that you did a great job with your one woman show, go ahead and watch Anne's one woman show in the bedroom where she does this like head whip around and talks to herself in the mirror and then turns away and talk. It was, it was. Okay. Something. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> really something. But she's talking about aging. And at one point she says, like, well, do you even want to get married? And mm. it was, it was for the time quite powerful because she said the truth is, I don't know. I don't know if that's what I want. And that was incredibly progressive. Mm -hmm. That that's it's okay to say, I don't actually want to get married. Like I might yeah. kind of like my life. And the show ends up finishing after nine seasons with her flying off to England for a job. Oh, nice. Oh, see, that's great. That is yeah. very progressive. Okay. I, I thought so. I mean, again, the jokes are rough. Uh, you know, it's not that you have to watch it with a real, a real sepia toned. Sepia. Oh yeah. I mean, the acting was painful. Yeah. The writing was garbage. Yeah. It was just one of those things where yeah. it was just like, oh, there's so many things wrong with it. But again, if it's, if it's something that somebody's watched 
they watched in the 70s and 80s. That's right. It's nice to go back and go, oh, because as soon as that music started, I was like singing the lyrics that I've not spoken for years. Oh, yeah. I gotta remember this. I had totally forgotten it too. I was, and actually it's quite catchy. It's not bad, I have to say. And there's that that whole like, everything's sort of marigold colored or like orangish. Yep. Brown. Do you remember that? That's, how did we ever feel happy? (laughs) <laughs> Those were the colors we were surrounded by, just brown yes. and not even marigold, like like terracotta. I, you know what? Actually, I just made yeah. them sound a lot better than they were. They were awful. <laughs> and everybody had that weird phone on the wall and oh yeah. But uh, no, one day at a time was a good, you know, another one I was thinking of actually, we'll just sort of discuss quickly maybe. Did you ever watch Kate and Allie? I did and I didn't get into it. My mom watched it. Like I would come in occasionally and I just... Uh... I couldn't get into it. I'm dying. From a I kid's wish I could ask your mom uh, what she thought of Kate and Allie, because like my mom and I both loved it. So we, uh-huh. this was when, that was on when we were sort of getting to a point where I was a little bit older. I was a little easier to deal with, I think. And she was maybe settling in a bit. Now she got married when I was 14. Mm-hmm. But before that, we were watching, I think around that time, Kate and Allie. And I think she... That felt very real to me because my mom actually raised me with family members, especially my one aunt. So like for a while, we lived with my mom and my aunt. And did both Kate and Allie have children? Like weren't they they both single mothers? Yeah. So again, having that support system. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was fun because I think one of the things, and your mother could certainly attest to this, being a single mom, there's a certain time of day that is, especially when you have little kids, cripplingly lonely. Because, you know, you just and boring. The boredom actually might be worse than the loneliness because mm. you get to bed and you're like, well, oh, all right, well. Can't leave the I house. I guess that's yeah, that. Yeah, I guess I'm yeah. just sitting here and if there's nothing good on TV, you know, no. I don't know what to do with myself. And it can be really frustrating. So watching Kate and Allie, I remember thinking like, they've got friends, like this is fun. And they've got like kids together. I did used to wonder if the kids would date each other. That was really, that really it was on me, yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it was, it was another, you know, there were a couple of good progressive ones that were coming along. Yeah. Um, and you know what? And the only episode I remember of Kate and Allie, it's burned in my brain is that I think it was Kate. Who's the brunette? Is that Kate? Or is that? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, she was in, she was somewhere that a blackout happened. And so she's in a room with this guy and they talk and they laugh and the whole blackout time, they're having a great time. And he's like, do you want to go out? And she's like, sure. And then the lights come on and he's black and the whole audience gasps. You're and that's me. the whole episode. Oh my God. You're going to go through with the date. And she does. And it's just this whole racially charged. So if you can find that episode, it's burned he's, in my brain. That's I'm the only episode I remember. That is nuts. It's crazy. It's so cool. Like it was just, and, and as a kid going, like everyone just gasped because the studio audiences, right? And uh, yeah, I think she went out on the date. I don't think they end up continuing because it was too different. But That's that that nice. moment of, of uh, yeah, just on someone's merit of yes. of, uh, of their personality and having that discussion back then was phenomenal. Oh. You know, funny when you said like a support group and, and having that and having the importance of having a support group, particularly with other single parents and stuff. It always makes me think of uh, Cougar Town, which I loved. I'm one of these. The only reason I watched Cougar Town was because Abed on Community, that's his favorite show. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I started watching it and I'm like, this is an amazing show. And I actually, my, uh, my Christmas present, my husband got me the whole series because I'm like, I need to watch all the episodes. Um, but there's that I couldn't, I thought it was so strange that single mother with her single son would watch him sleep. And there are several scenes of 
her, she would watch him, but she would watch with her friends. They'd all have their glasses of wine and they were watching him sleep. And then sometimes they would all come in and they would all just kind of hang out and watch her son sleep. And I thought it was the weirdest thing. And now, because my second child is now, you know, in the 15 range and stuff, sometimes he, and he's down the basement, sometimes he forgets the light. So I go turn them off. And what does Stephanie do before I look at him? I take a photo. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And I, go up and go, I remember when he was a baby and I showed it. He was mortified. He's like, erase that. And I was like, this is my cougar town moment. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I've watched my kids sleep because their rooms were so disgusting that if I, yeah. entered them, it would make me furious. But if yeah. I, although, you know what, we were just away. Um, so my two oldest sons have moved to Halifax. So I took my two younger sons and we all went out and had a little get together. And I think, yeah, my one son was, it's true. My one son actually was sleeping in the living room. So if I don't have to look at their mess and I can just look at their cute faces when they sleep and he's in his twenties. Isn't that great? And never have. And somebody's told me that they're like, you know what, the kids, your sons, what's great about sons is that cuddling doesn't stop. I'm like, really? Cause I know the girls are going to get boyfriends and take off and they're not going to be around. But they said, if you're alone watching a movie on the couch, your son, you're going to have a son snuggle up to you. And it's only the sons will do that. They'll actually cuddle really? you way into their, I'm like, oh, well, I have a time. bunch and I have to say the snuggling really ended really. No, really? I, I hate to tell you now it, but it, you know what? That's not fair. It's not that it ends. It shifts. So yeah. it's, it's funny things like somebody will put their feet closer to mine or just kind of lean or whatever. And yeah. now they're grown men. Like I said, my oldest exactly. is seven. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it is different for each of them. Like my, my youngest son, he hugs me and it's, it's this isn't great for audio, but he like basically makes fists and puts his arms around me like this. So he doesn't have to like touch actually me. touch you. Yeah. That's flattering. Oh, I like that a lot. Um, and this is the same child who used to wake me up in the morning and touch my face and say, mommy, you're beautiful. Oh, I'm like, and now he's like, I don't know. I'm going to have to disinfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's oh, different. It's and actually I have to say, uh, you know, just as an older mom, every stage is kind of great, mm. even when they move out, because when they move out and they get older, they really like you in a different way. Like it's yeah. really, really nice. Yeah. So it's something like, I do kind of think this has nothing to do with one day at a time or anything like that, but it really is something to remember. It's quite nice. They mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like they have to buy their own toilet paper, it freaks them out. And they're just like, oh my God, you were great. Like you had food in the cupboards. Yeah. And even it's funny, the little cottage week that I was just talking about, my oldest son called me recently and he said, you know, I've just been thinking all week, like, how the hell did you do that? Mm. Like you did that every year. And that was, and I, you know, it was quite a, it was quite a nice thing. It was sort of like, you get your little pat on the back. It's not so bad. It's pretty good. But, uh, but yeah, You've done I, good, Jen. I think, well, you know, there, no one's in jail and you know, that's what I was going to call this, this podcast. No one's in jail. It's in jail. Oh, I love it. There we go. No one's in jail. So listen, Stephanie, do you have anything you want to plug or talk about or? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I, well, oh gosh, my move, my next movie of the week's coming out. Um, I think it's called the Christmas campaign. I'm the mayor in that one. I am for some people that have seen, uh, look at me and they're like, why do I know you? I'm like, yes, I'm the hot mom on the new pizza pop commercial that everyone sees on Instagram. So nice. I'm, 
on that one, which is great. I do have a book, the 10 commandments of improvising. So if anyone's interested to go to stephanieherrera.com, um, uh, you can, you can, if you're an improv person, you can check out the book there and, uh, what else? I don't know. I just got a, I'm in a very little tiny part in the new Ari Aster movie. He did Midsommar. Um, yes. it's a movie with Joaquin Phoenix. I'm like, three lines, little part, which was a huge yeah, highlight of my incredible. career, but that's going to be coming out soon. So watch out for the next movie. And I play, um, I play the nanny <laughs> in that nice. one as well, but yeah, thank you so much, Jen. This was a delight and took fun. me back. Took oh, actually, you know what I'm, so here's something I'm, I'm trying, uh, just to keep things positive about single moms. So I, now you're not a single mom, but you were raised by one mm -hmm. and I want to leave everybody with a takeaway, like one little highlight that you think being raised by a single mom anyways, like what, what's sort of something you took away from that? That was a really positive thing being raised by a single mom. Oh gosh. I guess I never, ever questioned that girls can't do it, do everything on their own That's because fair. I saw her. Yeah. So I changed light bulbs changed. I think I saw her change a tire once. Like it was one of those things where it's just like, you can do it. Yeah. You can absolutely do it. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, for my mom, who I'm, you know, it's funny, I'm already playing back in my head this podcast and I'm like, oh God, what am I going to have to edit out? I'm going to be in big trouble. But, <laughs> but she really was, she really was a force and she mm -hmm. didn't, um, again, she didn't apologize, which is, is negative, but it's also kind of positive. Mm -hmm. She didn't apologize for her life. She was like, this is, this is my life. This is who I am. And mm -hmm. I'm not making excuses. Uh, if you don't like it tough. Yeah. And that actually was quite helpful because I tend to be an over apologizer. Mm. And so it did sort of set me up when I did become a single mom to sort of think, no, like, I don't know you anything, you know, I don't yeah. know you an explanation. I I'm doing the best I can. And that was actually a very positive thing. It was very helpful. So thank you, mom. Good job. Yeah, Never thanks, ever mom. listen to this podcast, but thank you, mom. And thanks my mom. She really, uh, she taught me don't take, yeah, don't take crap from anybody. Don't take crap from people. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. This was so fun. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. I'm sure. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to stop us here. <laughs> thanks. Bye.